30 feet to the top, his fingers fitting into the familiar handholds, his feet slipping only twice. He pulled himself over the top onto the barren, jagged edge of St. Agnes' head, rose and looked down as he dusted off his breeches. From this height, she again became the patch of bright blue that had caught his attention and drawn him down in the first place. Suddenly, a clod of loose earth crumbled beneath his booted feet. He jerked back, arms flailing, his heart thudded madly until he was back a good three feet from the cliff edge. Perhaps that was what had happened to Eleanor Penrose. She'd walked too close to the edge, and the ground had simply given beneath her, and she'd not fallen all the way to the spuming waves below, but onto that protruding ledge instead. And it had been enough to kill her. He dropped to his knees and examined the ground. Only the chunk he just dislodged seemed to have broken off. He just looked at the ground then down at the ledge, barely visible from his vantage point. He rose and dusted off his hands. North strode to his bay geldling treetop, a horse that stood over seventeen hands high, and thus his name, who was standing motionless watching his master's approach. Treetop didn't even look up at the flock of lapwings that wheeled low over them. A dragonfly lighted on his rump, and he gently waved his tail. North would have to ride to see the magistrate. Then he realized he was the magistrate. This wasn't the army, no sergeants to do what he told them to do, no rules or protocols. "'Well,' he said as he swung easily onto Tree's broad back, "'let's ride to get Dr. Treath. He should look at her before we move her. Do you think she fell?' Tree didn't snort, but he did fling his mighty head from side to side. North said slowly as he looked back at the cliff where she'd gone over, shading the brilliant noontime sun from his eyes with his hand. "'I don't think she did either.' I think some son of a bitch killed her. Lord Chilton, good God, my boy, when did you return? It's been over a year since you've come home. Just here for your father's funeral, then back again to the interminable war that's finally over, thank God. Now all our fine English lads can come home again. Come in, come in. You always did knock at my surgery entrance, eh? Dr. Treath, tall and straight as a sapling under a bright sun, and slender as a boy of eighteen, and a smarter man as North had ever known, pumped his hand and ushered him through a small surgery, replete with its shining metal instruments and cabinets filled with carefully labeled bottles. There was a mortar and pestle on the scrub table just beneath the cabinets. He led North into the drawing room of Perth Cottage, a cozy, warm room with a fireplace at one end, too much furniture throughout, and messy with strewn newspapers and journals, and now empty cups on every surface that North remembered had held tea liberally laced with smuggled French brandy. North smiled, remembering that when he was a boy, Dr. Treath had seemed a giant of a man. The doctor was very tall, but now that North was a man full-grown, Treath's height no longer seemed extraordinary. Of course, North was bred from a line of tall men, of a height to intimidate if they were of a mind to do so. Dr. Treath's smile was warm and welcoming. "'It has been a long time, sir. But now I'm home again. To stay this time.' "'Sit down, North. Tea? A brandy?' "'No, sir. Actually, I'm here as the magistrate to tell you that I just found Eleanor Penrose on that outcropping ledge beneath St. Agnes' head. She's dead, and has been for some time, at least a day, for her limbs were still rigid but were relaxing again.' Dr. Benjamin Treath became rigid as Lot's wife, becoming paler and paler still until his face was as white as his modest white cravat. He suddenly looked immeasurably older, all the vitality sucked out of him in that single instant, 
Then, just as quickly, he was shaking his head. No, he said. No, that can't be right. You've forgotten what Eleanor looked like. No, not Eleanor. It's some other woman who resembles her. I'm sorry for the other woman, but it isn't Eleanor. It can't be Eleanor. Tell me you've made a mistake, North. I'm sorry, sir, but it was Eleanor Penrose. But Dr. Treath was still shaking his head, violently now, his eyes darkening, his pallor more marked. Dead, you say? No, North, you're mistaken. I just dined with her two evenings ago. She was in fine fettle, laughing, as she always does. You remember that, don't you? We ate oysters at Scrilady Hall, and the candlelight was very soft, and she laughed at my stories about the Navy, particularly the one about how we stole that bag of lemons from a Dutch ship in the Caribbean near St. Thomas, because our men had scurvy. No, no, North, you're wrong.